All right, Sixers fans, welcome to an emergency edition of Sixers Daily. I'm your host, Jazz Kang. Some news, major news coming out in the NBA regarding the story of the offseason. We'll jump into that in about a minute here. But before we do, don't forget, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. You can catch us wherever you get your fix. And of course, check us out at libertyballers.com. One of the guys behind some of the magic you see at our website, Mr. Dave Early, joining me for this one. So Dave, let's jump right into it. We get a statement from the Brooklyn Nets roughly about, what, three, four hours ago now at this point. Steve Nash and I, together with Josiah and Clara Wusai, which is Josiah's wife, met with Kevin Durant and Rich Kleiman in L.A. yesterday. We've agreed to move forward with our partnership. We are focusing on basketball with one collective goal in mind, build a lasting franchise to bring a championship to Brooklyn. Dave, when you saw this pop out this morning, what did you think about it and what went through your mind? Oh, uh, the first, to be honest, my first thought was that plus 2,900 bet I made on July 5th on the Nets looks pretty good. I'm going to get a cash out. Oh, that's pretty good. Wow. Okay. How much did you put on it, Dave? I put a hundred bucks on it thinking they're going to decide not to trade him. And then I'll just get a nice little cash out in a few weeks. Oh, there you go. Okay. Well, you know what? Something good came out of this. Other than the <laughs> fact that Kevin Durant also let's be real, gave us something to talk about for the last like month. So thank you, KD, for, for being a sourpuss and, and allowing us to do this. But uh, uh, when you look at what this means now basketball-wise, so apparently what has happened is they had a meeting, as I, as I just mentioned there, but Steve Nash, Sean Marks, they were there together too, everybody on the same page at this point. Are you surprised at all, Dave, that after all this time, it's basically been a couple of months that – you know, we heard KD wanted out of Brooklyn. There was no chance he was going back. Of course, Mark Stein said he might retire that. KD refuted that report the next, the very next day. So looking at this now, like, where, where do you sit on this? Because we were talking about this, what, like a week or two ago, and we're like, yeah, you might just sit out training camp, but he's going to get dealt. Now we know he's coming back. So were you surprised at all by the fact that the Nets contingent and KD was able to work this out? I can't say I'm surprised. I don't want to imply that I think this was inevitable all along, but this was my prediction. Um, I wouldn't have been surprised if he was traded. If I think if a team like the Raptors put a player like Scotty Barnes up there, I think it would have gotten done. Uh, I think if the Celtics went all in with the Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and two picks type of package, I think they could have got it done. With the absence of blockbuster deals like that, maybe Brandon Ingram gets it done. Um, without those, I think something like this was the more likely scenario. And I don't know what it was exactly. I'm sure a lot of us are all wondering the same thing. Was it the way the negotiations went with Kyrie Irving? Him thinking, I'm here for four years. And now either Kyrie's going to walk in a year because he's upset with the front office and the ownership. Or you're going to trade him for Russell Westbrook, and now I have no chance to compete. And is that what started this? And then there was rumors that he was upset from Brian Lewis. I think that they let go Adam Harrington, one of his favorite assistant coaches. And he just wasn't feeling like he had the influence on this franchise that he wanted as a, as a star that joined here with Kyrie a couple of years ago, felt he deserves. And maybe in doing this and phrasing it the way he did as this crazy ultimatum, maybe behind closed doors, they met in the middle somewhere and Durant is going to get some things or some say moving forwards that he didn't have. And he's content with that. I'm not sure. Yeah, because this is, and we did talk about this. And if you listen to the network, I, I've mentioned it too. Like we don't, we didn't know what was going to happen with KD and me and Paul Hudrick did a podcast yesterday, just like, okay, you know, relating to the piece that Shams wrote 
uh, for basically that, hey, the Celtics are in the running. The Memphis Grizzlies came out of nowhere. That was just yeah. yesterday that we heard, hey, Memphis might be able to put together a package. Oh, they would have been nasty. I mean, yeah. you have to give up either Bain or, or, or Jaron Jackson Jr., which apparently they weren't willing to do both. Bain, no-brainer there. Yeah, and I mean, again, when you when you look at, at all this, Dave, like you had Memphis, you had Boston, like you mentioned, you had Phoenix before the DeAndre Ayton signing was was right there. Uh, Miami, you know, with uh, with the Heat's resistance to give up Bam Adebayo. But you look at this now, what does this mean for the Eastern Conference, in your opinion, Dave? And I've mentioned this before, you covered the Nets last season a bit for clutch points. Looking at this, they got Kyrie Irving back. They got KD back. We know Kyrie, like you mentioned, still only on that one-year deal. KD will have three more left after this. So, again, we could be in for another rocky ride next offseason. Hopefully, this kind of continues into August as well, Dave, so we do have something to talk about. This is good for the numbers. Uh, but uh, when you when you look at when you, when you you look at on court, okay, they added Royce O'Neal. They still are bringing back some, some pretty talented guys that they have. Uh, Nick Claxton, you know, they, so they have a pretty good squad there. Ben Simmons obviously going to be healthy. Looks like he should be good for opening day. Where does this put the Nets in the Eastern Conference, in your opinion, Dave? Looking at the the big teams that we know, Philly, Boston, Milwaukee, Miami, and we always said if Brooklyn sorts this out, the Nets are going to be right there. Where do you have them amongst the teams in the East right now? I, I'd probably put them third in the East behind the Bucks and the Celtics. Uh, that's where they were before uh, they couldn't work out a deal with Kyrie Irving and eventually Kevin Durant wanted to trade. That's where they were per the betting markets. They were just in front of the Sixers. Um, once this broke, they dropped all the way down to like way in the bottom of the barrel because people weren't sure if they were going to trade for Mikhail Bridges and DeAndre Ayton. But I think them just running it back, um, you know, they were a good team. They almost stole game one against Boston. They didn't have Ben Simmons or Joe Harris. They were missing quite a bit of firepower that they'll now have back. They added Royce O'Neal. A lot of Sixers fans for years spent dreaming of seeing, like, how come they won't put more shooters around Ben Simmons? Brett Brown did it whenever he could, but he also had players like Amir Johnson and Greg Monroe that didn't work. And then Doc Rivers seemed to prefer to play him with, like, Dwight Howard. The Nets are going to be able to do a lot of those things Sixers fans wanted to see the Sixers do with Ben. It'll be interesting to see how he plays after like what a 16, 18 month layoff. Um, but I think they will be fierce. I mean, I don't think Kevin Durant is going to age out very quickly. I'm not terribly worried about his playoff performance last season. I think some of that was just running into a historically great defense. I do expect Kyrie Irving to play this year. I think all, all reports I read were he really wanted to play last year. He just wasn't willing to get vaccinated and, felt if he were in any other city except two or three, he would have been playing the entire year. So I think they're formidable. I do think the Sixers can be better than them. But the Sixers slayed in at fourth in the East for me because of their injury concerns to Harden and Embiid. Yeah, they're going those. And okay, Embiid likely good for hopefully 65 games at least this season. And yeah. with Harden, I, I think going into his age 33 year, looking at this point, he's turning 33 in a couple of days. But looking at Harden, um, yeah, sit him as often as you can. You got 13 back-to-backs. I don't think you should be playing in any of those unless they Please need something do, yeah. really big in the in the standings. And so again, and, and we've talked about this before, this version of the Sixers not going to be judged by the regular season. They can win 65 games. They can win 43 games. They're going to be judged by what they do in the playoffs. And that's the ultimate goal. Like you mentioned, stay healthy, 
get on top of things, figure out the rotations, Doc Rivers, figure out a good thing that works scheme-wise, both offensively and defensively, and make sure y'all are humming along come time for April or May. Uh, Dave, wanted to talk a little, a little bit about the odds makers and what we've seen the lines move since the KD News came out. Let's do that after a short break. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we're back, Dave. Just wanted to discuss uh, NBA title odds. This is from obviously our, our sister site, DraftKings. Boston Celtics remain the favorite. They're at plus 550. If you don't know what that means, you have to bet $100 and you'll get back 550 if Boston wins the title. You got the Clippers just behind them at plus 600. They're tied with the Warriors as well. And now the Nets have moved into the third best title odds, even ahead of Milwaukee at plus 700. The Bucks at 750. The Suns at plus 1,000. And then you got the Sixers. So basically, they have... <clears throat> A top five squad. You're looking at the Eastern Conference. Odds makers have the Sixers as the fourth best team in terms of that at plus 1,500. What do you make of that? Do you think the Sixers, like Brooklyn has basically roughly, uh, and, and Milwaukee are like two times higher than what we they, they think the Sixers have in terms of winning a title? Two times higher doesn't feel right. I think they got the order roughly right. I am surprised to see that they that the Nets are now slating in ahead of the Bucks because that was not the case before this all of this hoopla, and I doubt Royce O'Neal moved the needle that much. So maybe there's just a little bit of homerism coming in from the betting markets from the New York area or wherever Nets fans live. Um, I, I agree with what you were getting at, that they shouldn't be have twice as good a chance as the Sixers. That, that makes the Sixers a good value there in the East, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I think the markets are right that the Nets are formidable. Yeah, the Nets, I mean, they're more than formidable, right? Dave, I mean, you look at them. If KD and 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 Kyrie, obviously the, the, the vaccine thing shouldn't be an issue this year, uh, although we don't know what's going to happen with the virus. Again, we could deal with vari variants and mutations and whatnot. Hopefully, please, dear God, I'm done with the pandemic. I think you are too, Dave. <laughs> we don't want to hear about this anymore. But um, if those guys are healthy, Right, you look at KD, you look at you look at Kyrie Irving, obviously an Atlantic Division opponent for the Sixers as well, on top of dealing with Boston. But when you look at this from a Sixers standpoint, how confident do you think they should be? You have an MVP candidate, arguably the best player in the league, and Joel Embiid, obviously James Harden, an All-Star caliber guy, still hoping that he continues to get in shape, get his hamstring right, looking very good by all accounts in terms of physically so far this offseason. From a six-year standpoint, what do you think the mentality is for Philly and Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey at this point? Like, okay, our jobs just got harder to win a title because now instead of maybe dealing with Boston, Milwaukee, and Miami, we also have to deal with a very good net squad. So basketball-wise, when you look at this from a Sixers perspective, who is the biggest threat of those teams outside of Boston? Because I think we all agree that Boston is at the top of the heap. Yeah, I believe that the, the Nets making this leap today pushed Boston back. I think Boston had even better odds than they do now. So, you know, clearly there's a, another uh, another dog in this top of the fight here. I would say that people are probably, not that they're overlooking, but the Bucks are still right there and they've got Giannis and 
he might be the best player in the league. He often looks like it. And if he's not, uh, then there still have two other all-star caliber players. So probably the next biggest threat right there for me, because the Nets do have some questions still. My question will be, is Ben Simmons going to play alongside Nick Claxton a lot? Because it seems like teams might be able to live at the rim with them. If they're playing Ben at the five, teams might be living even more at the rim. And so what their hope is on paper, my guess, is that they're going to run you off the floor offensively and just basically say, you know, Vucevic can't hang with Ben Simmons. And so that's a mismatch. And you might have to play small to have a chance to stop us. And I think that's what I think that's ultimately the bet they're making, unless they try to swing a deal like hedging on Joe Harris's double ankle surgeries and one of those Sixers picks to try to get maybe Miles Turner or something. They could also use another wing defender. I know Royce O'Neal didn't even look as good as Daniel House at times in the playoffs when trying to guard Jalen Brunson or Luka Doncic and some of those shiftier wing players. So weaknesses in the middle and weaknesses on the wing, but they will give you lots of weaknesses on the other end as well. Yeah, and that and that is something that we saw last season too. Dave looking at at this Nets roster, like and especially in that series against Boston. Again, Boston was just the better team, but they're lacking in other aspects. Obviously, they still have Seth Curry back, Andre Drummond now gone. I really like Nick Nick Claxton's game. I like Patty Mills as well, uh, Joe Harris, T.J. Warren. So they should be a little bit deeper um, this season than they were last year, maybe without the size. And like you mentioned, if they do go with Ben at the five. Um, that's going to have to force your opponents to definitely start to adjust and, and turn things around. Uh, let's wrap up on this, Dave. When you're looking at this, let's say that the Nets play the Sixers. And I'll put you on the spot here a little bit with this one. In a playoff series, knowing what we know, that the Sixers have their big three in Joel, James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, who now we know will be back with, with the Sixers next season. Nobody has to worry about including him in any deal because unless it's happening for like a really high-end talent like Giannis, Jason Tatum or something, nobody's getting rid of Tyrese Maxey anytime soon. But you look at what the Nets have, like you mentioned now, KD, Kyrie, Ben Simmons. Who would you have as a favorite? And how do you think a series would go between the two teams as constructed? Oh man, where where are they meeting? Is this like the conference finals? This is let's say the the second round, Dave. Let's say that second round, and I don't get to know home court. This is like neutral terrain. This is neutral, yeah. Just a seven game series between the two teams. Who wins? I'm too much of a homer to pick against the Sixers here. I'm going to say that James Harden is healthy, and he looks like, if not the second or the third best player in that series, and the Sixers get it done. All right. All right, Dave. But, so you but are it's confident. going seven. It's going seven. It might go to overtime. And hey, hey, Dave. And of course, if you were on a, a Nets podcast, you would have said the Nets right now, you, you cheeky guy, right? That's what, that's what you would have been doing right now. I no. probably would play to the fan base a little. <laughs> it's a smart way to do it, right? It's a localized download <laughs> thing. But uh, uh, Dave, thanks for taking the time out to hop on with me, do this emergency pod. I know you're busy. You got to run. Um, so we'll wrap things up there. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. Uh, throughout this regular season. I think the Eastern Conference is just stacked, especially at the high end. And then you got teams like Cleveland, Chicago, the Raptors, all these other squads that are going to be fighting it out for the play-in spots as well. So it's going to be an intriguing season and we're going to have you covered as well. So Dave, thanks for taking the time out to join me. Uh, looking forward to hearing you on, on another part, pod coming up soon on our network as well. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, that's Dave Early. He writes for us at libertyballers.com. Does a great job as well, so make sure you check out his work on the website. That'll do it for this episode of Sixers Daily. As I mentioned off the top, 
Don't forget, give us a subscription. You could do that whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast fix. Always appreciate a five-star review as well if you're inclined to give us one. Uh, Dave and Adio will be back on Wednesday with a new episode of the Sixers Multiverse podcast. They're going to be transitioning into a new show. Also coming up next week, uh, Seamus Clancy joining Paul Hudrick. We're going to be doing a Philly-centric sports show that will come out every Tuesday. So tentatively schedule that one for next Tuesday coming out between Paul and Seamus. So again, we're going to have you covered with lots of great content. The Sixers are going to be right up there in terms of winning a championship. So again, don't forget to check us out at Liberty Ballers. <laughs>